All right, my friends, welcome back to Your Bible, Book by Book. I'm Pastor Luke, and this is the book of Galatians. Uh, Galatians is another letter of Paul, or uh, technically speaking, uh, a Pauline epistle. And uh, one of the earliest books of the New Testament, uh, probably um, a lot of people believe it is Paul's uh, earliest letter, one of his first letters, and potentially one of the first uh, books of the New Testament that was written. Um, and, and why that is important is because um, the, there was a fundamental question that uh, people had, the, the early Christians, the, the Jewish people uh, who are coming to know Christ as their Savior, as their Messiah, uh, which is that um, do um, Gentile people have to become Jewish in order to be Christian? Um, and then, you know, beyond that, um, do Jewish people still have to uh, observe the Old Testament laws uh, once they have received Jesus as their Messiah, as their Savior? Since Jesus fulfills the Old Testament laws, um, how responsible are the Jewish people for continuing uh, to observe and and uh, and practice the Old Testament laws and standards, and so Galatians um, actually is a letter that fundamentally is is seeking to answer that question: uh, how important it is um, that we understand that there is freedom in Christ, and, and not to be dragged back into uh, a legalism and a um, a sense of responsibility to the Old Testament uh, standards and laws. And so um, what Paul does initially, this is what is fascinating uh, about Galatians, and there's so much in Galatians that is uh, really fascinating. But uh, one is that Paul um, does not have in the introduction of his letter anything positive to say to or about the uh, the people, the church in Galatia. Um, and, and so he begins... Um, really with a, a strong rebuke uh, to them about how they have so quickly slidden back into uh, false beliefs and false practices and really urging them um, to come back to the gospel that they had received, back to the salvation that they had found in Christ, and, and not to uh, basically forfeit that freedom in Christ in order to um, revert back into some kind of a, a legalism uh, that never could save them, and uh, that they were freed from uh, when they trusted Jesus. And so that is at the heart of what Galatians uh, is really about, is this um, ongoing six chapters of, of an argument to prove or to help the, uh, the people understand uh, just um, how important it is to understand uh, justification by faith alone. Basically, that's that's the uh, bottom line. That's the thesis: justification uh, by faith alone in Christ alone, um, and with nothing else attached to it. Um, and so, uh, what you see in Galatians is uh, that Paul is uh, is going to um, confirm basically his authority or his ability uh, to make this case or this argument. Um, because of, of the fact that he received the gospel from Jesus himself. Uh, what we find in Galatians is uh, Paul stating that, you know, we, we know the story from Acts, that Paul was on his way to Damascus persecuting the church. He encountered Jesus, the risen Christ, uh, who, who asked Paul, why are you persecuting me? And Paul uh, said, who are you, Lord? And, and he says, it's Jesus whom you're persecuting. 
And um, Paul is converted at that moment. Now, what uh, Paul reveals that uh, Acts doesn't necessarily go into a lot of detail about is that uh, from that moment, um, he actually went away from um, the apostles or any other believers, and he spent time alone with the Lord to receive the gospel from Jesus personally. And so uh, he says in Galatians 1 uh, and verses uh, 15, uh, but when God, who sent me apart um, from birth and called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach to uh, him among the Gentiles, I did not consult any man. Uh, nor did I go to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was, but I went immediately into Arabia and later returned to Damascus. And so Paul is, is saying here that um, just like the apostles, Peter and, and James and John and, and all the rest of them, uh, that they received the gospel from Jesus during Jesus' earthly life and ministry, Paul similarly received the gospel from Jesus, uh, but uh, as the risen Lord that he told Paul, the gospel, he revealed it to him personally. Uh, Paul did not receive the gospel from another human being. He received it directly from, from Jesus. And, and so that is partly what um, elevates Paul to the status of an apostle on par with all the other apostles. Uh, and so he can be trusted, he can be listened to and learned from uh, because of that qualification. Uh, and so he begins to expound on and, and explain this whole issue of, of the, uh, the nature and the reality of Jesus' salvation, that what he provides essentially is freedom, freedom um, from the requirements of the law because Jesus fulfilled the requirements of the law in his life, death, and resurrection, and so um, that we are free. And so the whole book is really uh, intended to um, solidify, to clarify, and to help uh, people to understand uh, that we have a freedom in Christ, that we are saved by this justification by faith alone. And so you have um, all these different um, connections or, or uh, juxtapositions um, that Paul is going to make. So he, he makes this connection between the true gospel, which is in Jesus and the only gospel, um, versus uh, false gospels, uh, and, and the false gospel uh, is really anything that competes with uh, trusting Jesus for salvation alone. Uh, it can be good works, it can be uh, a false teaching about another religion, it can be a, a, another uh, uh, aspect of um, trying to earn your way into heaven, trying to buy your way into heaven, um, or maybe even a false gospel of that there is no hope, that not, you can do nothing, uh, which would be basically no gospel. But uh, there are many different uh, types of false gospel, but there's only one true gospel. And the reality of that true gospel is that um, it is great news. Jesus saves us by what he did for us alone, that he paid the price completely on his own, and then he offers that as a free gift. Um, that's great news. Now, the, the drawback of it, um, a couple drawbacks, I guess, is one is that um, it is exclusive. It is only in Jesus. Uh, there's no other way. There's no other person. There is no other name under heaven given uh, by which we must be saved. It is only through Jesus. And so uh, one of the reasons why Christians have been persecuted over the ages 
is because of the exclusivity of, of our message, that it is only through faith in Jesus. Uh, that's what we learn and understand from uh, the gospel, from the, uh, the New Testament, from the Bible, that there is only one God, there's only one Son of God, there's only one sacrifice sufficient uh, for saving people, um, and it is by faith that we receive it. And so uh, people who would prefer um, many other ways or any other way uh, don't like to hear that message. Um, it it uh, is very aggravating um, and offensive to the world. Um, and the, the New Testament um, tells us that uh, this message will be offensive to the world. Um, that doesn't make it not true uh, or less valid. And so the other uh, drawback, and it's basically a human uh, nature issue, is that we tend to have this... Um, uh, I don't know, desire, or, or we have this uh, idea within our hearts as human beings um, that there should be some work required on our part, and uh, that seems preferable. And this is the trap that the Galatians were falling into, is that uh, they were basically accusing Paul of preaching an easy gospel, um, trying to make it uh, more accessible uh, to, um, to Gentiles, basically, that there were people who were um, not real happy with Paul uh, for preaching the gospel of, of justification through faith uh, because it seemed like it was just too easy and uh, there needed to be some requirement, some work done. And the human uh, condition is that we tend to um, prefer almost that there would be some requirement or some work on our part uh, to, to have a sense of confirmation of our salvation. Um, and the reality is that uh, that just is not the case. God did it all. Um, he provided it. He, he, pro he proclaimed it. He invited us into uh, salvation that he accomplished by himself. He did it by his work on the cross. And uh, the only thing we can do is receive it, accept it, and uh, believe it, and then walk in it. And so uh, one of the things that Paul continues to uh, outline in his gospel is, is the power of grace versus the weakness of the law, um, the, the, the power of liberty or freedom versus the weakness of legalism, uh, the power of sonship versus the weakness of slavery, and uh, the power of walking in the spirit versus the weakness of walking in the flesh. Um, and so he is proclaiming this this consistent message of freedom in Christ, uh, but that freedom, and, and here, here's the uh, other side of this whole argument, or um, the, the logical conclusion, uh, is that because we are free in Christ, um, there's a tendency for people to think that we are free to sin or free to act however we want. And so uh, this becomes kind of that age-old uh, con constant argument or issue that Christians are facing and trying to answer and trying to uh, live by, which is that the freedom that we have in Christ is not a freedom that allows us to sin. Um, it is a freedom that allows us to have a relationship with God who still is pure and holy and has uh, uh, high moral standards, ethical standards that he calls us to live in accordance with uh, but he empowers us to do that through his Holy Spirit. And so he doesn't give us the permission uh, to sin or to reject uh, his standards. He actually gives us the freedom 
uh, to obey uh, and to actually find joy in that obedience. Uh, and that becomes a really tough uh, place for a lot of Christians to try to live because um, that, that nature, that old sinful nature, um, is still hiding within the heart of, of each and every person who accepts Jesus Christ. We're a new creature in Christ. We're transformed by his power and by his spirit. But we still have an old nature uh, kind of lurking in the shadows and ready to uh, come forth and uh, take control of our lives. And, and we're constantly uh, called to um, you know, walk in the spirit, to feed the, the, the spiritual part of our life, uh, the, the new part of our life through prayer, through his word, through communion with uh, the saints, through worship, um, and all the other disciplines that God has given us to, to grow and mature spiritually. Um, and yet, somehow, mysteriously, um, we are positionally uh, saved, which means that once we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, um, that uh, God sees us as his son or his daughter, as his child, and we are brothers and sisters with Christ, um, no matter what we do or don't do, because it is his work that saves us, not our work. Um, and yet we're still responsible to follow and, and obey and, and live a life worthy of that calling. That, that's a, a hard thing to, for a lot of people to try to understand and to uh, live according to, because that just seems so, um, so hypocritical in, in so many ways. Um, but the way that we understand that is simply that um, we have been saved by grace through faith, not by works. Um, and, but the, the obedience part of our lives is what is going to um, either bring us into fellowship with God or is going to hinder our fellowship with God. It, it doesn't have anything to do with our salvation. That's not something we earned, and that's not something that we achieve. It's something that God did for us. Uh, but the fellowship, the closeness, the sense of uh, being near to God, that is what obedience uh, provides or, or helps us to achieve. Um, and so it also saves us from a lot of pain and suffering in the world um, that, that sin brings. And so we avoid sin because uh, sin is destructive. It is inherently destructive, and God um, is, is uh, uh, horrified by it. And so we should be too since we share his nature. Um, and so we're always trying to allow that nature uh, to grow, to expand, and to have more uh, control and, and more outward expression in our lives. Uh, and so Galatians um, is that um, book that really basically settles the argument, um, and yet here we are 2,000 years later um, still trying to wrap our minds around it. And so uh, it's a fantastic book. It, it is, uh, again, always, I mean, I probably say this about every book, but it's one of my favorites. I hope that you'll read it again and read it soon because it is your Bible, book by book.